get ready to take your branding to the next level. This is Million Dollar Branders. We know what it takes to build million dollar brands because we live it and breathe it. And now we're sharing our tips and success secrets with you. Here's your host, Justine Pogroski. Mr. Paul Gunn, it is such an honor to have you on the Million Dollar Branders podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And for those of, for those of our listeners who don't know who Mr. Paul Gunn is, he's built a career around procurement, logistics, and supply chain. His impressive track record in this domain is evidenced by the firms he has owned and their flawless delivery performance records. Some of his noteworthy capabilities include consulting, training, project management, implementing quality management systems and technology solutions for global organizations, leading cross-functional teams in Asia, Europe, the Middle East and America, my favorite place on earth. He has also a proven he has also been a proven leader in life cycle and business process management. And Paul has taken an active role in all the firms he has owned, including Kua Corporation. And as such, he leverages his preferred servant leadership style and SME to drive all the project phases from proposal generations, planning, execution. Notably, Mr. Gunn previously led one of his firm's largest quality management system implementation projects for highly visible DOD end users. And under his leadership, Kua Corporation reached 273 on the Inc.'s fastest growing privately held firms in 2021 and 1,653 in 2022. Successfully being able to reach the Inc. 5000 in two consecutive years speaks to the conviction, Mr. Gunn, for the benefits of empathy, kindness in business. And this conviction, along with great vendor partnerships, has helped propel Kua Corporation during the chaotic years of the pandemic and supply chain woes as a formidable company with an explosive upside trajectory for the future. And just so you guys know, Mr. Paul Gunn is also a USA Today best-selling author, and he consults regularly on empathy and business. I mean, he started this amazing arm of his business. We've been honored to work with him for, I think, about two years now. His new book, Succeed the Right Way, What Every Compassionate Business Person Should Know, is based on the concepts he consults with on empathy and business. And his book is now available at all major retailers. It's a must-read. And... Paul, to get started, I mean, give us a little bit of background, how you got started, and when you really knew you were onto something with your career path. Well, Justine, it means a lot to finally be able to, to be on a podcast with all the <laughs> background we've been going through and working to build a brand and make it a, a success. So I appreciate you taking the time to bring me on. And to answer your question. Likewise. Yeah, you know, it started with my dad. He was a former DCAA auditor. And when my brother went to war, when he came back, he just made a suggestion. I hadn't seen my brother in four years. He said, hey, have you and your brother thought about getting into business together? And we both jumped at it. We had missed each other. We hadn't been around. He went right in after the towers went down. So we got on there. Wow. And my dad, being a master teacher, essentially said, Go after government work. If you have interest, find it. He never really, 
put down and laid a roadmap. He wanted to test our resolve and our will, but that's how he is. That's how he teaches. That's how he raised us. So he left it up to us to find our pain points. And then at that point, we could go ask him questions. But the line of work that we got into was pretty much my background in terms of sourcing. Some of the stuff that we dealt with was highly visible game systems that people probably touched. And I had that background and wanted to utilize those skill sets to kind of mesh into the government at that time, which wasn't something people were really looking to go after. So we quietly built a supplying arm that's kind of become a popular way in getting into the government work and supplying into that stuff now. And I mean, growing (laughs) up and I've met your dad, he's an amazing figure, but tell us a little bit about, you know, where did you grow up and did it affect who you became? Because for everyone on this podcast, I've nicknamed you Denzel Washington, because to me, you are the real thing. You know, I feel like you're out of a real movie. You operate from, from a place of such extreme precision and kindness and empathy but how, how did your upbringing affect that and you know give us a little bit of background about your humble beginning well it's interesting you know i didn't even point that out remember when we met you pointed that out about me being empathic and when or an empath and until then it made sense to clear because most of how i was i, I never understood why i saw things this way or why this was such an innate piece in me until it clicked with you when you brought that out and then it made sense. I knew I had the different introversion or the highly introverted self, but our father was big on things that mattered in an eternal sense. So the intangible wealth, how you treat people, how you were raised, he was more focused on us building, being men of character because ultimately he felt Hey, if you had these things, you can go anywhere. Money is going to test you. And and essentially, he basically sacrificed a lot of his wealth to put it in us. And that was something that was drilled home over and over again. If we were in the street, he would say, look, these are the things that matter. You may We may not have much, but somebody always has worse than you. Ultimately, do those things that mark stuff into the eternal world. And if by chance you acquire wealth, that's a good thing. But in the premise of the, you would have made a foundation that other oh. people matter. So I would say it was, there's a part of me that's innate, but it was drilled home through a loving kind of father and parental roles that my mom and dad were, that that was the ultimate sign of strength. That was the ultimate sign of wealth, despite what you may have accumulated on this earth. Wow. Denzel Washington. There you go. Now people can kind of understand why I call you that. And Paul, if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice, what would it be? So the main thing I haven't gone through what I did, I would have foregone school. I really would have. I mean, I've known people point school out and point it. And my tendency to feel that I had to learn the business skills in school to acquire the success were not necessarily needed. I would have gone to a trade school or maybe gone into Erica HVAC, something that I would have learned where I could have learned to trade myself, then built and hired people who did have a more operational standpoint and built a conglomerate of companies instead of waiting 
and worrying that I didn't have enough of the skill set then because through my time in my 20s, I was That's able that. to run into someone. I'm not going to name them, but around there, they had over nine figures of wealth. And what they did, they did not go to college. They learned that trade. They built up that trade and they hired people who went to college to manage it because what was rooted in them was the relationship building, which was more important. If I would have spent that time, those five to seven years, just tasking on that to build, I would have built up the relationships and the business skills instead of trying to sacrifice and do that in my later 20s. But that's that's just me. There's people who want to take the, the collegiate route, and I think that's well. But if it was for me, I would have gone back and just foregone it and taken that risk. I love that. And coming from someone, I mean, I didn't go to university, so I totally agree with your advice. And I think there is a whole thing around the systems being, I'm going to say, you know, you've got to be careful about what you say online, but I think there is a certain level of, you know, I mean, these schools are basically a business. And I think unless you're studying to become a doctor or a plastic surgeon or a lawyer, times have changed and conventions have changed. And I mean, people have proved that. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a valid point. Paul, what what challenge in your life do you think has shaped you the most? So I know it may be taboo to talk about it. There's race and it's real. There's there's that. You can't avoid it. You can tiptoe on it and you can say what you need. But everything in terms of having to go through the school system, having to apply to jobs, having to do those things and realizing one, the stuff that I sense, right? How we talked about earlier, being empathic. I could yes. go into a room and sense that stuff. And to give you, for example, in college, there were banking systems where, okay, I didn't have a lot of money. So I wanted to get into the intern program to learn the finance system. And I'll never forget showing up to the job interview. There was two people named in there. It was me, Paul Gunn. And another name that was, it it just sounded different. So when I stood up in the interview, the guy comes out and he says, you're not Paul Gunn. This this is the only person that's in the room because I did not look like a Paul Gunn. So I basically knew at that point, this was a done mute point. So the opportunity did not go to me. And I've just learned, look, there's certain things that you're going to deal with and combat them. I can either learn to fight it or go around and take an indirect approach. And what I learned at that point was to move in an indirect way so that the name may get front and center, but I had to develop those skill sets and quietly find the gaps where people weren't doing. So I made real quick use of learning what people were saying by not, or by the omission of what they were saying to find the gaps and find what was missing. And and for a lot of part, I do talk with a Southern draw. There had been that points. And most of the times I would be told stuff to my face. You know, Paul, you're nothing worried about your country. You're not educated. And some of the places I would be in, I would learn the strategy because they would bold face say it in my face. I learned to take those and use it to my advantage from the assumption. Well, did you yeah. see my poster just well, we fall down? Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to edit it out. That's so funny. I have to get that fixed. I'm waiting for the proper ones. All right, my editor will take it out. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people, when it comes to race, it exists. 
and it's something that's around. But I just, I have so much respect for you in terms of that. And I just want to say that, I mean, when I say Denzel, I don't say it lightly. I think that you've achieved so much. And I think it is, it's, it's almost, I'm going to say like even being a woman, right? I, I don't think it's as challenging as, you know, the color of my skin, but it is, we have to work so much harder to prove that we're not just a pretty yeah. face. That we're not just like you know like a blonde bombshell <laughs> online right it's about actually like being educated and then also there's a level of poise yeah. as a woman so i think being an entrepreneur today is about those things like what you said like listening like empathy what are the things that are going to make you stand out and i mean in terms of let's talk about character traits what character traits do you respect most in people? Because I know you have so many incredible character traits of your own that really, to me, were one of the things that wowed me when I first met you. I don't think I've ever met anyone like you. I'm not saying that, you know, lightly. I'm actually saying in terms of the way you operate in business and it's just who you are as a person from day to day. I think kindness in life is yes. a choice and it's something that, you know, you integrate and it's, it's not always the easiest path to choose kindness because the world can be a cruel place. But when it comes to people, what are some of the character traits you admire? I admire the, the rootedness in their authenticity. So whether they, they have to live by that, but the ability to stay rooted and then show it. To give you, for example, we were just talking about race, but I... I don't have a negative approach by it. Someone who doesn't look like me, and there's a company in that home state, and they know who they are. We had a massive contract, a massive one, and we would not be able to do it if had it not been for them saying we're going to take a risk. And what they did, they were old school. They brought us in. They brought my dad in. They sat us at the table, and they were most concerned who we are as a person. And when they said they saw the dynamic between my dad, my mom and brother, they said, look, you know what? That's what matters most to us. They took a risk on us and they have been a huge, wow. a huge impact and vendor to us. I'll, I'll never forget them because they were extremely successful. They could have chose not to take that. And that was, <laughs> that was a $20 million deal. And they blended a lending arm to us. And I've got full respect, but most importantly, what they cared most about was character. And that further cemented, it. look, you can have success. You can have all that you seek to achieve. And they were a longstanding company, but that's how they ran it. They didn't want to deal if the character wasn't there. Yes, make people make mistakes. And they admitted that when they were sitting in the meeting with us. Things are going to happen, but we want to know, can we trust? How are you going to handle it when it goes wrong? And that, to me, brought home all the stuff my dad would tell us as kids. Hey, look, this is important. At some wow. point, you're going to run into somebody who this means something. And they made sure that was front and center at the decision to act with that. And characters, I mean, you talk about character of a person, and I think you do genuinely tell the character of a person during tough times, right? Like a recession, like when things get tough. It's, it's always a test of character. And I've noticed that with you, you're very good at keeping it cool and calm and collect. And that in itself, I think people underestimate that trait um, in life and business. That's a very, very rare trait. Paul, something that I've really noticed about you and online, I think you lead in this space, both online and offline. 
We've spoken before about heart intelligence, which I think is such an incredible trait to have. How, firstly, can you explain what heart intelligence is to our listeners? And secondly, how does someone lead with heart intelligence in life and business? That, that's an excellent question, Justine. To me, heart intelligence is that expansive quality from you tapping into your logic and meshing it well with what you have in your heart. Now, some people do have a hardened heart, but they eventually get warmed over from running into people that have shown that kindness. So that ability to have an expansive heart from being able to overflow out that goodness that has started what I call soul ignition into you. And the larger you go and move, you're moving with wisdom of the heart because you're moving from what you sense and paralleling it to the logic that something in your mind and action shows you might need to take a different approach to. It's, in short, it can be intuition, but I, I would say it comes from sensing and using the different logic to understand what you see in somebody else that in your situation, you would have needed the same way or support to move. Now, you have to be wise in it, which is wise wisdom of the heart. Mesh the cognitive empathy, which is the the use of logic and heart intelligence to make the right decision. Wow. All of that. I'm just like, wow, that is so amazing. And I think integrating this in your everyday life and also your business, I mean, how can you not succeed? I think a lot of people are not doing this these days. Yeah, in your book, Succeed the Right Way. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I think you're right. It's like we were talking the other day. You run into it. And this is after having written the book and talking about it and people know it. There's a long history from some people who have interacted, yet you deal in the same interactions and it's almost baffling to say, this is a simple thing to grasp, yet it's not being heard, where you've got people write emails in all caps or respond on the phone with yes. such insensitivity to the things that are going on. You, you would think, that this is something that you just don't talk about in terms of it should be innate in people to deal with, but it's, we deal with it every day. People deal with it every day. You run into people who just seem to be insensitive to everything. And I think everyone's fighting a battle that you don't know about. And it's so yeah. important to weave this into everyday life, because I think what people don't realize is your actions have a domino effect in every, in your, in your business, especially, right? It's the supply yeah. chain. Yes. It's got, it's literally, it spills over to every single compartment of a business. Yes. It, yeah. And your book, your book succeed the right way. It's an incredible read. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about it? And also, I think in this era where everyone wants to be successful, but they just, they want instant gratification and they don't want to put in the work. Can you give us some tips from your book that will enable people to succeed the right way? How important do you think is it to succeed the right way in these times? That's a great question, Justine. The, kind of the genesis of that book was when the pandemic hit. You know, I know we have... Logan, and I didn't know if the, how serious the pandemic was. So I more started writing it as a, 
a letter to him saying this is how dad thought wow. this is how Papa G, which which we call my dad, this is how Papa G taught me. I'm passing this along to you. And it wasn't until I wrote that article on on entrepreneur, empathy wins and selling doesn't, did I get a lot of back channel on LinkedIn. And I said, hey, I may have something here. Let me go ahead and tell my story in a book fashion. So there's all different types of ways to succeed. It was more the genesis of how I was able to succeed and why I felt it was important at that time because what I saw during the pandemic, people losing jobs, just kind of an insensitivity to things going on. How can you help? How did you get in or we get in a position to lose in the way that we did where people were losing this way, unable to sustain businesses or hadn't thought that through? And it more was trying to touch on young people who may have been coming out of college or those who were needing or lost their jobs if they were going to start a business. Look, this is how I would start a business. And if, if I got laid off or if I was a youth coming out of school, I would start by touching on building that foundation around the wisdom of your heart because of us all going through the pandemic. Yes. You gotta, if you're going to be reaching out to people who lost their jobs or lost family members, the first thing thinking on your mind, engaging them, yes, you're going to need to build revenue, but it felt like you better have a heart to understand somebody's either lost somebody, somebody's got someone in the hospital. So that succeed the right way was care for what you need to do to excel, but have a lending heart to somebody because people, for lack of a better word, they weren't able to see their family members when they were losing them in hospitals or different places. They couldn't go in there. So, And it's so true because people, you know, um, I think it was my Maya Angelou who said, you know, people will only remember how you yeah. make them feel. Yeah. So, guys, if you haven't read this yeah. book, you really need to read this book. And I think you know, in terms of um, productivity for entrepreneurs, you know, you see books out there like the four hour work week. I mean, I always see you working and I think you've got, you're an incredible father. You've got such amazing balance, but you're a weapon at the same time. I think people have not seen what Mr. Mr. Paul Gunn has for 2023 in store. What are some productivity hacks you can give to entrepreneurs listening to the show? So I'll tell you a book that left a huge mark on me on the pandemic. So in the pandemic, I read Extreme Ownership by Jocko. That really left a mark because I always had the curiosity. I always wanted to serve in the military, but to see the minds and how they went into companies. And I was thinking, okay, people aren't thinking this, but yet I read that book. Other people may get a different opinion from it, but when I saw how they went into companies, sat at the table, listened to what the issue was from both sides, they were acting in my mind in cognitive empathy. There's nothing weak about how they move. Those are trained killers being able to walk into corporate America and mesh the wow. two together and what I felt was a kind way. And that left an impact and say, see, here's people who have gone, served this country, had the ultimate leadership training and came out in the corporate and have made an impact. And that's why I referenced that book in there saying, that's how I view empathy and kindness. It's not a weak thing to go in here. So when you take productivity from that mindset of extreme ownership, owning your time, owning what's going on for me, 
working a business before kids was different. I could get up. My flow time was from four to seven in the morning. But what kids came along, I had to learn to block that time into what's family time, what's absolutely critical for a longevity piece. And then as the time and the day went on, kind of mirrored admin stuff and what could be delegated and what fostered. But time blocking was critical for me because when I tried to do it the normal way and just said, fine, I won't use my flow time. I'll just do it the same way, cram everything over those hours. It didn't work. So that was a, it took a long adjustment wow. for me to, to get the time blocking to work because as I joke, I spent my best times changing diapers and doing dad duty. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's very cute. And speaking of influencers, what what are three of the greatest influential people that have been in your life and how have they impacted you? Uh, that That's a good question. You know, I've had my parents. They really were. I, I've had my mother and father. They, they, were, they were staples because... You come to realize the older you get, what your parents sacrifice. And being a parent myself, I Absolutely. I realize there's a financial sacrifice that's involved in there. Like I could spend the time building more, but what am I going to forego? I'm going to forego the intangible wealth of these years missing with them. So building this up, I always appreciated them, but their impact for doing this has led me to move in a way that says, hey, let me have success so eventually they can lean on. And then... I would say my brother. My brother's left-brained, he's left-handed, but we are basically like inseparable. And the way we've gone through there, wow. left and right, has been impactful to know. Hey, family's close. It's almost like Fast and the Furious. We don't have friends. We got family. So. <laughs> and and, and I, I, love would, it I would so add much. one more. Your work in having helped uh, has been tremendous because you, you know... I'm highly introverted. This isn't something that I like to do. It's not something to be pleasurable to be using social media. Yet when you study everything, you understand the importance of branding. You understand where you need to be. And to have to grasp that, I, I like what David Goggins says. Look, if you don't want to do something, go do the very thing you don't want to do. And, and, and so that's <laughs> exactly. having someone like you step in has it has been tremendous in what you've been able to do to help me. Thank you so much, Paul. As I always say, though, it's very easy to work with greatness. So it's been such an honor to work with you. And I have no doubt yes. we will continue to build out your legacy. Yeah. And, you know, you just said something really important. And you mentioned David yeah. Goggins, because my next question for you, I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes actually, I'm going to say most of the time, you know, we've got to do things in our lives that we don't necessarily want to yes. do. And also other people don't want to do them either. But the thing is, we've got to do them in order to achieve the things we want. How important is discipline to you in life and business? So, that's why I like him. Someone asked me the other day, give me an example that's unorthodox of empathy and kindness. And I would say, Look at his story. I mean, people, they don't like the way yes. he, he may cuss. I'm like, look at the root of what he has accomplished and what he's doing. Yes, that may not be for everybody, but he's talking to somebody that he felt was like, this is what I take. He may have it and other people who follow him may say something different. When I heard his story and I listened to how he talked, 
He's trying, it sounds like he's trying to get the person that's just lost all hope. Like, look, get out there and do what you're talking about. The very discipline. And that is a that's strength right. to say, let me override my own mind. Let me override the things that are driving me. Look, you're t- he's telling somebody some hard stuff they don't want to hear to ultimately get them to a point where you need to be. And yes, you have to run in and do those things in business. That's part of the strategy of doing it. It's a difficult thing. It is a dog fight. I consider it rumble in the jungle. You're going to take hits all day against the rope until you wear somebody out. You're going against longstanding people who've got market share. You got to be agile and nimble yes. and, and quick to do that. Absolutely. And I think discipline is everything. It's not, it's even with your health, yep. right? But I'm ready to rumble in the jungle now <laughs> yeah. after that answer, I think. <laughs> And because I'm sure like even in your line of work, right, it's there's so many moving parts and I'm sure there are days, you know, that you find tough. How do you get through those tough days? What do, what do you tell yourself? In your so life? the biggest reason why I felt like this was a purpose, part of why I feel a passion, realizing somebody is on the other side of an order. It's not just ordering somebody. Yes, the stuff we do wow. may not get somebody home, but I feel like it puts them in a better position. So when I don't feel like doing it, I think of my brother. I think of somebody who has a family member serving who just wants them home. Yes, they're warriors. Yes, that's what they've signed up to do. But at the same time, if if you can help them and aid them, it, it means something. I'll never forget on one of the projects we were working in, I was setting up Comcast at the home, and one of the guys was in the actual unit we helped and he went off for five minutes thanking me. You saved my life. I was in there. I know you didn't build wow. it, but you helped support that program. And he just went, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, it, it just touched me because he he was so genuine. And I realized it's way more than just ordering parts. It's real people on the other side. I always felt like that. But to hear how he touched me, just thanking me over and over, he's like, I'm I'm home because I was in that. Wow. And I actually, that that's so incredible because what we do, it may be little or small, it may just be smiling at someone in the street, but you really don't know the battle that they're fight, fighting. And I think empathy and what we discussed before, there's a certain level of heart intelligence and commitment that goes into that. I mean, you're a busy father. You don't need to be worrying about that, but that's such a great way to propel yourself forward, just how to get out of bed in the morning, right? And I actually heard a great tip the other day, which was pretend like you have a video crew following you around every moment of every day. How would you act and how would you operate? You know, if you had to inspire millions of people through your actions. So I'm going to get my crew over to your house because I feel like your life is one that we want to follow. Paul, you've built the most incredible brands. I mean, people notice you all over the world and I would call it a million dollar brand that's impacted the world. When it comes to building a brand, how has branding impacted both you as a personal brand and also as a business? So that's a great question, Justine. I would say from the intro version that it's that seems to wrap me it's made me be able to enter rooms without having to be there and it's a warming break the ice type of situation so it's made communication that much more deep 
once it's connected because the public has gotten to see what holds dear to my heart and it's warming in that process where before in person through that introversion it may take a longer time where if i'm at an event i'd go find one or two different people in an event that i could have that kind of easier break in conversation yet now through this branding and using social media, I've been able to meet people across the world who feel that same way. And sometimes it's an immediate connection and it's helped people then when they engage with us, see that that's not just something that's online, it's actually who I am. And it's just helped the business tremendously. I do think of the guy from Virgin, whose personal brand is longer than the company's brand and something to mirror off that it's, it's really helped me as a person from the intro version standpoint. Would you recommend branding for anyone listening to this? How important is branding from an think, introvert perspective? I think it's absolutely critical and those numbers from this and going forward, if you don't have it, I see it as the new location, location on the block. If you don't have it, you don't understand. You need to have it. I do the same thing. And if I'm looking out on a company, I want to go look at who their leader is, where are they posted, what do they stand for, how are they treating their employees. That's how I back channeled into some of the companies I did. If we were going to work with them, I didn't go to the CEO or the executive team. I wanted to go into the mail room or to the admin team and I would talk with them. Hey, how's it going? How's your boss? How's your leader? Are they a boss or do you see them as a leader? And I didn't always say it. I could learn and listen. If they say, oh, yeah, the boss tell me to come over here. I knew what I was dealing with when I was getting in there. So if you have one thing with a leader saying one thing on public, if or if they don't have a branding at all, yet you have the, the what they would call the lower level teams talking and there's that and that, you know what you're walking into. Then they're being overworked. They're not being treated right. Hey, are you able to share here? You can get a lot of information and help them whether they want to go look for something else. I'm not saying is kind of espionage or anything. I'm just saying they're telling things on how to act going from there. And when you have branding that solidifies authentically, because I feel those who put it out in the proper way, you can tell an authentic yes. versus it. The tone is just different. What they post and what they say, how they do it is going to come out real quick if you know what you're looking for. It's critical. Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> so paul let me ask you in 2023 if someone is looking to succeed the right way you offer consulting you, you in so many different avenues of businesses that should come to you if they're looking to build but what are three tips for 2023 that they can use to really propel their business all right i'm, I'm going to start out just what we said if i was a company and i had to and I had money saved, or let's say someone did, I would invest the money in branding the proper way. Because here's what I because now it's such a digital place, you need to find the right person to get it done. Outsource that stuff right away. I would invest in it because that's an investment, how your presence are. And I feel like you only got a few shots to get it right. It's different if you get it right and then you're going to rebrand again correctly. But if you get that wrong and it's not put out the proper way, invest that time. If you don't have it, then 
I would say go to the people who are learning. There's people on LinkedIn at different sites, but gain the proper insight. It is absolutely critical that branding has to be there. Second, a good financing team and lender. It, I know it's cliche, but you got to find the ones that lead with this heart intelligence. There's tons of bankers and tons of situations where people can say one thing, but are they going to back it and use that? Yes. And enough people who go out looking for lending, if that's what you need and you have to go do it, find a person who's going to understand that your business needs ups and downs and the importance of them working with you is based on character. And plenty of people know in the minority and the different, different women are not funded the same way, nor minorities funded the same way. So if you can find someone who literally backs what they're saying and do it, treat them and build those relationships because ultimately for them to take that risk, that's what I found out. Those that did take it on us, they were most concerned with the character. Probably going to take this risk on you, but we want to understand how your character holds up. And two, find or leverage the people that really have your genuine interest. It's the same stuff that's said over and over, but it's absolutely critical because there's going to be so many people telling you, you can't succeed. You won't succeed. The deck stacked against you. Everything's failing. Look what's going on. You know, the whole world's crumbling right now. It, you know, and you got to be prepared to endure a long standing road. So the people who are going to elevate you and uplift you, even if it's just simple words of encouragement, that's who you need around you. Absolutely. And now on that note, I'm going to do a 6K run because I'm so inspired. <laughs> I'm so inspired by you, Paul, on an everyday basis. And it's honestly been so fantastic to work with you. And I can't wait to see what you do next. I have no doubt that you'll be running on Inc. for consecutively for as long as you're around. And I just want to congratulate you on all your success with Kurag Inc. And also personally, I think that you're such an inspirational leader. I can't wait to see more of what you do. And I have no doubt that another book will be on its way. I can't wait to hear about that. So I'm going to say to our listeners, if you haven't read Paul's book, Succeed the Right Way, it's available online at all different outlets, or you can go to his website, paulgunjr.com and kuaginc.com. I'll put the links below. But Paul, what can we expect to see from you in 2023? 2023, we're trying to, to do work and hit massive goals, but more importantly, drive social causes or find those that mesh well Love to that. Because it's really pushing that in terms of wanting to hit those goals for that exact reason to be that vessel from wisdom of the heart because there's so much going on in the world right now we see the devastation because yes. and sometimes it's difficult to even want to focus on what revenue is or when you see that type of destruction that's going and, and to miss that but to re-engage to find out how you can how we can leverage what we're doing in 2023 to be an impact and, and that's difficult sometimes because as you know perception of what you are and what you're trying to do is going to get completely misunderstood but that's that's the goal so uh, is to bring in enough resources to find those places that need the additional help from just so much destruction around the world
I'm so excited to see what you do. And I can't wait to be part of your driving force of building out the Paul Gunn Jr. legacy. So Paul, your social handles, how can people follow you for those listening? So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm primarily on LinkedIn and Instagram, uh, Twitter, and TikTok. TikTok, Yeah. By way of you helping, uh, I'm trying to to leverage all of them on the touch points, but LinkedIn is primarily there, but I I do use the other ones. Perfect. Well, it was such an honor to have you on the show, Paul, and thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you around in 2023. Thank you for coming on the Million Dollar Brandless podcast. Thanks, Justine. Always. 